in where being linked to the party isn't a bad thing. I am your host, Jariah Archuleta, and with me today is Robbie, King of the Understated. I, I mean, I guess. E, the man with no name. Hello. And Rocky, the man all the way from across the country. It's me. So this month, we'd like to take you on an adventure, one that takes a look at the history of marijuana, also known as the Devil's Lettuce. But not just a history. Because that would be boring. We want to take a look at the history of the Stiggy Iggy, how society was reacted to it when the film came out, and the general attitude of the era, and how weed related back to it. All through the crystal clear lens of cinema. All month long, we're picking movies from a very particular time in history that either celebrated or looked down upon the use of that chronic. So we're inviting you to mow the grass or burn one down, as we all learn a little bit more about Mary Jane and her sweet, sweet herb. And this week, we jump 20 years into the future, all the way to 1998. A year that was wrought with controversy, small leaps towards greatness, and even some amazing films. 1998 is the year that Bill Clinton showed us all that just because you're president, it doesn't mean you're allowed to have an affair. Or so we thought. The Denver Broncos won the Super Bowl against the Green Bay Packers, becoming the first AFC team in 14 years to take home that sweet piece of metal, apparently. In the entertainment world, we got such great films as Saving Private Ryan, American History X, and Godzilla. As well as some truly terrible films like Armageddon, The Waterboy, and of course, we can't forget, Godzilla. Let us not forget that later in 98, we would also see the release of the TV show that many stoners and clean-cut people alike found enjoyment in. That show being That 70s Show, which one of the stars of last week's episode has a recurring role in. That would be Thomas Chong, obviously. The 90s as a whole was a strange time for weed. Society was just coming off the heels of the war on drugs and anti-drug PSAs and commercials were everywhere. The only problem being, the anti-drug PSAs took the same stance as reefer madness. The commercials put weed under the same banner as drugs like cocaine and heroin. The 90s were prime real estate for people not only to talk about weed, but openly joke about it as well. Which means stoner comedies were not only popular, but abundant, with very few being as popular as the movie we'll be talking about today. Which is, of course, Half-Baked. But before we get to all of that, hey Robbie, how's everything going? Uh, I've had better weeks. Uh, Like I was telling you guys earlier, uh, apparently the company that I was working for decided that they're going to lay off all the temp workers because... Apparently, people aren't getting as much surgeries these days, so now I gotta go do like the whole un- filing for unemployment thing on Monday. Yeah, I mean, you from what we talked about last week, you kind of saw it coming, but it just sucks that it actually did happen. Yeah, I did kind of see it coming because they're just like, oh yeah, we're gonna slow down, and so that means you just don't have to produce as much product or anymore. So, you know, just go ahead and like take it a little bit easier or uh, with your job, and like we'll keep or we'll let you know uh, as soon as we know what's gonna be going on, and then. Yesterday, I got a text message from the guy who are from one of my representation guys, and he's like, "Hey, I sent you an email. Make sure you got it." And it's like, "Oh crap!" And open up the email, and surely enough, it just saying like, "Yeah, like you're not fired, but <laughs> but never come back again. You're we're suspending your contract until further notice," is what they said. So that doesn't really seem very uplifting. Yeah, in that, that... sense, and like. 
they they basically just said like we're not going to give you guys any compensation for this so just go ahead and file for unemployment so that that's sucks, what i gotta man. do monday that really sucks that's that's rough i mean the good thing about it is i do have a good support team about it like if i really if i have to move back home i can move back home but it's just one of those like if i i, I don't want to have to do that but from uh, i told you know told the people who i need to tell i'm gonna have to talk to my apartment complex this monday along with calling unemployment and get all that taken care of but other than that like i guess future's somewhat open for me i mean i think you'll be fine everything is planning to reopen this summer and i think once that happens people are going to start getting hurt which means they're going to need a lot more parts possibly i i mean counting on there's always also the chance i'll end up getting a different job within that time too so yeah i can possibly tell them to go fuck themselves which is always a great feeling oh yeah are staring into isolation other than that i guess one thing i can say is uh last week i actually bought like a mattress topper as a way to try to save money on acoustic foam and uh i was going to be using it last week but i had some difficulty getting it up on the wall and so yeah like there's some trial and error i'll leave it at that uh between like it was uh, it was vacuum sealed down and so like it had the same problem that like the acoustic foam that we bought had only there's a lot more of it Right. So I thought like, oh, maybe like I can make it uh, expand faster if I wet it down. So I wet it down. A mattress topper doesn't get or uh, doesn't uh, it absorbs water a lot more than just regular acoustic foam. So some of it was still wet like four days later. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, now I just have a wall covered in mold. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But the mold really good ac- acoustic dampening, though. Like there's almost no reverb anymore. <laughs> All thanks to the black mold in my house. i'm kidding kidding um but yeah like there's that i kind of want to just like throw it up as like one big piece but it kept on falling like even with like it being mounted to the wall like it kept on falling over on top of the computer screen so i had to like (laughs) cut it into blocks and then like tape the individual blocks to the wall it's 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 janky it could be worse but it's janky (laughs) right yeah i have hopes for your future robbie yeah, just keep your fingers crossed. That's all I can ask of you guys. Have you thought about prostitution at all? I mean, most of my clients are getting it for free anyway, so you're going to be kind of pissed if they have to pay for it now. They're not really clients if you give it to them for free. <laughs> I mean, they still got to make an appointment. Well, let's move on over to Rocky. What's going on in your life? Not a whole lot. It's been very quiet here in pandemic land. Um, and I guess I have to end that sentence because... I've really done anything. <laughs> I thought you were like going out on adventures every day outside. And no, why would I do this? Going and seeing the world with your dog. I don't want to. That sounds awful. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was gonna say it's almost like so, Rocky. How's your day? Oh, you know stuff. <laughs> yeah, I've I've never been very big on talking about what goes on with me, mostly because I don't know how. I don't know what's interesting and what's not. I just kind of wing it at the moment. If something is really important, then I might bring it up. But I got uh, laid off in, like, February. (laughs) I think that was your fault, though. Yeah, yeah, I quit. Um, (laughs) I feel like getting laid off and quitting are two different things. But I was going to say, I guess, like, what I'm going through now is what you're going through in February, I guess. Well, no, because I had, like, the full-hearted confidence that I was going to get a job immediately when I got back. I'm like, who wouldn't want this? That's just the kind of person I am. And nobody wanted it. Nobody. No clients. Couldn't even get into that job field. (laughs) He came back, and you're just like, wait, where's all the toilet paper? 
Yeah. <laughs> and everything just went downhill after that. Well, that's great, Rocky. Yeah, man. I'll let you know if anything changes. <laughs> Let's move on over to E. Uh, stressing out from classes. So there's that. I've I've been applying to jobs. One I possibly would have, but they said they probably wouldn't have hours to give me for multiple weeks. What? So they didn't want to bring me on and not give me any hours. The other one is the farthest I've gotten in an application in a long time, and they might interview me possibly. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's a start. Maybe I'll get that. Maybe I won't. I don't know. But um, I need to find something because I'm going to move out of where I live soon-ish. Oh, really? I mean, I got quote-unquote soon. Soon for me, which is by the summer. But oh, right. I'm a kind of guy, if you told me something's in half a year, I'd say that's pretty soon. So take take soon with a grain of salt sometimes. Needs <laughs> need some mental preparation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kind of sometimes. I was I was going to go pick up my birthday card from your your house, Daria, but uh, when I texted Liz, uh, she didn't have her phone, so I didn't know if anyone was home. I mean, it's... A shelter-in-place order? So you can be pretty sure that we're home. What if you guys were going to get a food or something? No, no. Food comes to us. Oh. So yeah, there's that. I didn't get the birthday card. Uh, It's still there. It's been 10 days. Actually, I think now it's been almost 12. Which you're missing out, because there was a really good check in there. So that's unfortunate for you. (laughs) Existing right now, that's really all I do. Thriving is what I'm doing. (laughs) Uh, I wish I could just exist without having anything to do. That'd be nice. But I have stuff to do. That is the bitch about reality. I know. I think about it. I would love to just, like, cease existing, but have consciousness somehow. Yeah, you'd be so bored, there'd be nothing to do. It'd be a miserable existence. Oh, it's a temporary existence. It's a temporary thing. What about the whole thing that we do, where we just numb ourselves on overstimulation? You couldn't do that anymore. You'd be like, God, I wish I could numb myself to the point of being like this. That was fun. (laughs) This is the easiest life has been in a long time. The future's scary because I know that I can't maintain this. (laughs) It needs to change fast. I can't do anything about it right now, apparently. All right. Yeah, but. if you look at it from a present tense, it's, it's nice not having to do anything. That's true, yeah. But future tense is fucking terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can say that about my situation. Like, right now, it's fine. Like, I don't have to go to work on our Sunday night, so I could just, like, sleep and actually wake up during the day like a normal human being instead of living on a vampire schedule. But, you know, you first really the month comes. You like an abnormal human being because this is your chance. <laughs> just... <laughs> Wretched hours, whatever you want. Wake up with just yeah. food everywhere, and then I like, could oh, do that. But I guess you know... I'll clean that tomorrow. I'm gonna <laughs> lay on the couch. <laughs> I could, hours. but you know, as soon as the as soon as the first comes around, things are gonna change quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna feel very different. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's, it's like being on calm waves with a storm brewing right in front of you. You're like, I'm gonna hit that. <laughs> that's coming. <laughs> yeah, that's coming straight towards me. I'm going to lay down really quick. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but enough about our existences. How is the hoster with the moster? Um, good. I'm doing good. 
this is my uh my last week on this little vacation or whatever you want to call it. So I have to go back next week and uh that sounds terrifying, so that's going to be great. Yeah, editing has been super fun being able to do that on my own time and be able to kind of relax and do it. That's been great. It's been pretty chill for the most part. And then soon it will be very unchill. So I'm just going to lay down for a minute, you know? As <laughs> right now you're in a nice chilled room, waters. but <laughs> Hey, you're in a nice chilled room right now, but just outside of that room there's a fire. You're going to have to go Real walk out in that fire storm eventually. Coming right at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh let's get to the movie. I have seen Half-Baked a few times. I'm, I'm not going to say I've seen it a lot. I've seen it maybe three or four times. I know Robbie's seen it, right? Yeah, I've seen this movie quite a bit, but I have a lot of stoner friends, so this is just kind of one of those you-gotta-watch-it kind of movies with them. Yeah, and then Rocky, I'm pretty sure you've seen it. No, I've never seen this movie, actually. You've never seen Half-Baked? No. Oh, man, I didn't know that. That's cool. Um, yeah, I'm ex- I, this looks like it's a great movie. Especially since you like you love Dave Chappelle so much. That's awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. Um, E, you have not seen this movie. Yeah. I never even have to ask if you've seen a movie. I can just pretty much be sure you've never seen the movie, so that's nice. One of these weeks, you're going to be wrong. I'm going to be shocked. I'm like, motherfucker, this entire episode was just on this. So, yeah, since you, E, hasn't seen this movie, what do you think Half-Baked starring Dave Chappelle is about? I heard it's by Dave Chappelle. He's <laughs> in the movie. Yeah. So I think there's these two guys, uh, and they're stoners. And they're quite hungry, and they want to acquiesce some hamburgers. So they go to get some hamburgers, <laughs> and they get um, the hamburgers and eat them, and then they smoke some blunts and sit on a porch. So that, again, that's still mostly Harold and Kumar. That was Harold and Kumar with a little bit of Friday at the end of it. <laughs> Rocky, what do you think Half Baked is about? I have no idea. I mean, look, it's going to be it's going to be a funny stoner movie. I also know what it's about though, because I saw the trailer, so I probably shouldn't have done that. Fair. <laughs> that means it's time to get to the description. When a member of their crew gets arrested for killing a New York City police horse by feeding it junk food, three slackened stoners are forced to get off their butts and raise bail by selling pot stolen from a pharmaceutical lab. It's a risky plan, but hey, these are stand-up guys who would do anything to help out a friend in need. That description doesn't sound whimsical enough for me. <laughs> I'm going to give it a hard pass. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. You can't. You haven't even seen the movie. <laughs> I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to say no. Yeah, three out of ten, hard pass. <laughs> but wait, did we say what you can watch it on if you wanted to watch it with us? That's the thing. It's kind of hard, actually. Um, unless you have specific prescri- subscription services, you're just not going to get to do that unless you want to rent it, which is obviously always an option. YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Vudu, and Amazon Prime, you can rent it from all those places for three ninety nine. However, one thing that we found out while doing research for this movie is if you were to check on Google, it would say you can watch it if you have a Hulu subscription. However... I tried going on Hulu so that way I could watch it on on there. And it says you can only watch it on Hulu if you have a Star subscription. So you can only watch it on Stars if you are sub- subscription-wise. But yeah, like the way that they actually uh, framed all of this, like you could technically watch this on Hulu in the same way you can get a Whopper at a McDonald's if you buy it from Burger King first. Yeah, actually, that's, that's a pretty good description. That's quite apt. Yeah, but like 
the one place that we found that for sure that you can stream it on is if you have a star subscription, which is kind of some people have it. Some people don't. It's not the most popular one. Definitely. They don't really have good shows. So <laughs> they have some I good ones. I can think of at like... least 10 good shows on the top of my hands on stars. Yeah. Go. The Brian Cherokee show. That's not a thing. Uh, Greenland's North South. Not a thing. Um, Tommen's dead. Not a thing. Um, yeah, I think they're kind of things, though. <laughs> okay. There's no point in me going through my list if those are discounted, because you're just going to discount the rest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that leaves us with just one last thing to go watch the movie. So let's go do that, and we'll be back here in an hour and a half. Talk to you guys then. And we are back from watching Half Baked, starring Dave Chappelle. I think we need to start off with um, the people who haven't seen it before, right? So let's go straight over to Rocky. What are your thoughts Buy, rent, stream, or pass. Um, I don't know. I wasn't too into the movie. It's it's a funny movie. Um, I guess stream it if. I mean, it's not. I don't feel like it's a movie you need to see. But if I don't know, eh, I'd pass personally. But I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna say pass. Why not pass? All right. So Rocky gives it a pass. Let's go over to the other person who hasn't seen it then. E. Hi, uh, I hate this movie, actually. <laughs> wow. I, no joke, think this is my least favorite movie we've watched on the podcast. Jesus, really? Yeah. I could feel every minute pass with this movie. Wow. This is, the, I hate doing this, but like this movie, I was constantly checking my phone and checking the time and just, I was so bored the entire really? time. Yeah. I just genuinely did not like this movie. In fact, whenever I think of stoner movies, this is the kind of movie that I think of. And this is the kind of movie that makes me say I don't like stoner movies. Really? Yeah. I didn't like the characters. I didn't like the humor much. There are very few times I actually laughed in the entire movie. I think maybe twice. So I'm going to give this a hard pass unless you're the you have the opposite humor I do. So I thought I really thought you were going to enjoy this movie. Yeah, considering you actually kind of enjoyed Cheech and Chong, I thought you might like this movie too, but... And this, like, has the same type of humor that you have. This movie makes Cheech and Chong look subtle. I mean, subtlety is like... not this movie's strong suit, for sure. No, no, it's it's definitely right, not. Right, but it's just... I'll get, I'll get into it more, but, like, this is just, like, feels like the most juvenile of humor. And it's I don't kind of know supposed why... to be, though. Right, but that's just not, like, when it's mixed with stoner humor, it's just not my thing. And I'm not going to act like I have, like, a sophisticated humor. I laugh at stupid shit. But, like, <laughs> just, this movie just didn't jive with me. I just didn't like it at all. Wow. Hard, hard pass for wow. me. Wow. Every time we, like, bring a movie, like, oh, yeah, you'll probably like this one. I hated the movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, this was said with a horror movie, which I have stated I don't like, and a stoner movie, which I have stated. Those are two genres I've both stated I don't exactly like. I thought you would like it. Your opinion doesn't count on what we think you like. (laughs) (laughs) I I really thought you'd like It Follows, too, though. I mean, I like that 
on a humor level. <laughs> I, but no. You are just an enigma. That's that's what I think every time I wake up every morning. I don't know. If he says he doesn't like horror movies and he doesn't like stoner movies and then he watches those and doesn't like them. <laughs> and it's like, I just don't get him. This makes sense. Robbie, what, what, uh, let's go to you. So I guess I'm the opposite of, uh, of E and Rocky. I like this movie. This is a movie I've seen a lot. And I remember watching it a lot as a kid. Cause I just knew a lot of stoners, like pretty much my entire life. And this is kind of considered to be one of those essential stoner movies. So I think it's funny. There's a lot of memorable quotes that they do in there. And like, I, I've heard a, a bunch of different quotes, which we'll get into. And we get into the spoiler territory of the movie that, People just like use all the time when they're talking about this movie. And it, I feel like it helped shape my humor and it helped shape the humor of a lot of people that I know growing up. So like for me, I think it's probably that nostalgia part of it. But I do like this movie. I feel like it's one of those like same thing with Cheech and Chong. If you're curious about stoner movies, this is at least like, you know, a rent or a stream. If you're kind of like a collector of those style of movies or you just like dumb comedy movies, I would say this is a buy. As for me, I honestly enjoy the movie fine. It does feel longer than I think I remember it feeling. But, I mean, ultimately I do enjoy it. I think that there's a lot of, I don't know, rough early on ideas of what Chappelle's show would eventually come to be. And I think you can see that in a lot of the characters and just a lot of the stupid jokes that happen. I think that they worked better later on in his career during the Chappelle show and some of his stand-up routines. But I think you can definitely see that early goings of his comedy. Uh, or of what would be known as Dave Chappelle comedy, at least. I think that it's just so, so stupid and so silly and so out there that a lot of the jokes do work really well. Like, I don't know, this was my intro to Chappelle and to this writing style. And so I think it, I think for the most part, what it's trying to do, it achieves more or less half the time. And just it's being outwardly stupid for the sake of being stupid. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't think it's a buy, but I would definitely say a rent. It's an enjoyable time, and it's a really good stoner movie, I think. It kind of encompasses what a stoner movie is. It has a bunch of dumb, silly humor, and it doesn't take itself too seriously. And I don't know. I kind of enjoy that, I think. So I would definitely give it a rent. So we more or less have like two rents, and we have two passes on this one. I'm, I've got to say, on the passes, I'm a little shocked. Not going to lie. Maybe they should make a better movie. I don't give a fuck. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, this movie also came out in 1998, so it did. you know, being yeah. a 21-year-old movie, it does show its age in a lot of ways too. That leaves us on to the big part of the show: the spoilers. So, if you don't want whatever spoilers this movie may possibly have spoiled for you, then this is your chance to go and check the movie out, give it a watch. If you're into stoner comedies, and you're a stoner, then, you know, get high, watch this movie, you'll have a great time. Either way, we'll be right back. So the movie starts off with our main character, Thurgood. And Thurgood is talking about whenever he was kids with his three lifelong friends. His three long lifelong friends being Scarface, Kenny, and Brian. And starts talking about the last clear memory he ever had, which is the memory of the very first time him and his friends smoked weed together. And they all smoke. And then he starts talking about how 
a lot of people try to say the first time that they smoked weed, they didn't really get high. But in in his case, they got just blazed high, sort of high. And it actually shows them walking in slow motion while everyone is walking in normal motion around them, which I thought was kind of an interesting little scene. And them going to a gas station where he just has like the biggest bar of Abba Zabba that he grabs off the shelf and starts eating it. And they start like all start feeling high in their own little weird way. Thorogood starts eating a giant bar of Ab- Ab- or Abba Zabba while I believe it was Kenny jumped in what was apparently a giant slushy pool and started <laughs> drinking it. Yeah. I am the thirstiest I have ever been in my entire life. Well, he's just like completely covered in slushy. Uh, he asks Scarface how he's doing and he's like reading a comic book and the comic book characters behind him just giving him the thumbs up saying he's good. Brian, for some reason, just hears Jerry Garcia in his head and can't get it out. Which is a, something that we hear throughout the whole movie. He's just obsessed with Jerry Garcia from this point on. With them uh, having that scene as kids, it's kind of showing them that they actually had the essential fifth member of their group, which was marijuana. Mm-hmm. And then after that point, it does cut to whenever they're older. And Thorogood is saying that he's a master of the custodial arts. Or janitor, if you want to be a dick about it. Fun fact. The period between the script of this movie being written and then being brought to full release was only seven months, by the way. Which is an insanely short period of time, especially for a studio film. Then it goes off to next, or next to Scarface saying that he works at a fast food joint. And a guy telling him, like, can you get that our heifer ready? And it's the guy's literally standing right in front of him, or right behind him. And so he gets mad and tell R tells him like, "Why you gotta be R be on the intercom just because I'm on the grill, man? Like shit, I'm right here. Just tell me that you want to want a burger. Damn!" And then right back into the our loudspeaker goes, "Sorry about that." And then <laughs> I, I was very confused at this because I I thought that the friend was the guy on the intercom. <laughs> no, the friend was the guy that was freaking out in the back. <laughs> yeah, so like I was really confused. I was like. Oh, he's weird, I guess. I don't really see... That's a, that's kind of tame for these kinds of movies. Nope, you just got the guy wrong. was the background You're character was the important yeah, one. Face blindness strikes again. I knew who the main character in this movie was. Jeez, I wonder why. <laughs> After it goes on showing that Scarface hates his job working at fast food, he's saying the only one who really enjoys his work is probably Kenny, who happens to be a kindergarten teacher and he just happens to be really good at it. And it are uh, cause apparently he's, he gives the kids a lot of self-esteem and it shows all the kids finger painting in his class. And he's going on about how great all of their artwork is and how he loves all of them because they're all just so great and innocent and everything. And how he just loves his life and he loves his job. And then after that, it goes to Brian who happens to be working at a used record store and he says that it's probably a perfect job for a stoner like him because he just gets to talk about music all day long. And it shows this woman coming in with the Kenny Loggins record saying like, hey, I'd like to get $7 for this Kenny Loggins record. He's like, all right, I'll give you five bucks for it. How about that? And she's like, no, I'm, I'm not going to sell it for five bucks. Like he signed it himself. Looks back at the record and goes, all right, I'll give you four for it then, man. After we go on about what everybody does for a living, it does cut to the all of them get, getting out of work. Or at least Thorogood getting out of work. And him doing like the free at last while he gets out. And then he starts talking about all the different ways that you can actually get weed in, or in his city. Which this movie is supposed to have like a style like they live in New York. Because it never really says where they live. But it's supposed to be like New York. 
Fun fact, though, most of this movie apparently was filmed in Toronto. A lot of things are filmed in Toronto. Toronto and Vancouver. Yeah. I think people would be shocked how much things are filmed in Toronto and Vancouver, actually. Yeah, they are. And uh, I found out the reason why a lot of stuff are the, yeah, the reason why a lot of stuff is actually filmed in Toronto and Vancouver is because it's actually cheaper than filming it here in the States. Yeah, tax credits, man. But um starts off uh saying uh one of the places you can go to get one is Bodegas. Or yeah, is a shop called the Bodegas. Bodegas. Oh, Bodegas. Sounds like it has an S. Well, I think it's because like whenever it spells it out cuz he does like the uh you go to a place called Bodega. Say it with me. Bodega. And then like it shows the word and it has an S at the end of it. So I always put an S at the end of it whenever I say it, I guess. I mean, you can make it plural if you want, but Bodega just kind of means a street side shop. Yeah. Bodegas. <laughs> so anyways, he goes to the bog dogs. He starts he starts to go up to the front and like he asks for four dime bags. And they start looking confused like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, the problem with the bodega is uh, they always have weed, but they can never quite remember uh, who you are again. So you always have to do something kind of extreme to, for them to remember you. And his way to make sure that they remember him is he just moons them. And as soon as he moons them, the guy looks at him and goes, hey, black ass. Yeah, why didn't you do that sooner? Come on, man. It's kind of uh, degrading to have to go to those places. And he's like, and then every now and then you can always just go to those Jamaicans sitting on the street corner. But half the time, that's not even weed. I'm not falling for that shit again. And then he's like, Another way to get it is the delivery service. The one that we do yeah. is Samson Simpson. You can get anything from them. You can get weed, you can get heroin, but I don't do drugs. I only smoke weed. Which, weirdly enough, is a very stoner thing to say. It's a very stoner thing to say. I heard that my whole life growing <laughs> up. Yeah, same here. There's a knock on the door, and he goes to get the door, and it is a delivery guy there. He's like, hey, I'm here to check the plumbing. He's like, that's code. Hey, what he says in particular, because once again, since I know stoners, I've actually heard some of them use this line before saying, oh, yeah, my, uh, I need a plumber. My pipes are empty. Yeah. Which is That's what this guy dangerous. says to him. That's a because I could interpret that in a pornography way. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have to oblige. So it is, in fact, the drug dealer using code. He's like, I have this and this and this. Like, I have the highest, highest grade hydroponics in the city. Damn, man, you go to college? You go to weed college or something? Just, I don't know, give me 50 of the good stuff. He's like, okay. The delivery man leaves, and he goes back into the living room. He's like, everyone has their own ritual when it comes to smoking. And they say, break out Billy Bong Thornton, because they name all of their, uh, all the things they smoke out of. Which is another common stoner thing that I heard all the time growing up. Yeah, I never heard anything quite as clever as Billy Bong Thornton, though. Yeah. And they all start talking about the ritual. And for the, them, they all sit around the bong and they all take off their shoes. And there's kind of just a dumb gag about how, like, they all, like, they all take off their shoes. But Brian has to put his back on because his feet stink really bad. Which the dumb joke about that is if you notice it, like, he's wearing sandals the entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently his feet stink so bad he has to put the sandals back on. Which, it's, it's a dumb throwaway joke, but it's a joke that they put there. And they all put in the weed... And they all sit around our uh, Billy Bong Thornton and they all start to smoke and get high in their own little way. Just shows them taking one puff, but apparently they're all high off of it just off that one <laughs> pass. And they ask, OK, who's going to get munchies uh, this time around? And Thoroughgood right away just says, not me, not me. And like jumps back on his chair. And then Kenny's like, all right, I guess it might guess it's my turn to go get munchies this time. And one thing that a lot of people 
growing up, like they did their best to try to memorize this line just because they thought it was really funny. Is uh, when they ask when Kenny asks them what they want for munchies, Brian right away goes, "Get some sour cream and onion chips, some dip, man, some beef jerky, some peanut butter, some Hagen Dazs ice cream bars, a whole lot. Make sure chocolate. Gotta have chocolate, man. Some popcorn, red popcorn." Graham crackers, graham crackers with marshmallows, little marshmallows, little chocolate bars, so we can make some s'mores, man. Also celery, grape jelly, crap or Captain Crunch, little Captain Crunch berries, pizzas. We need two big pizzas, man, with everything on them, and water, a whole lot of water, funions. Yeah. <laughs> then Kenny leaves, all right, and as he's leaving to go get the munchies. He's like, all right, if I'm not back in 10 minutes, call the police. And then Thurgood's like, if he isn't back in 10 minutes, we're calling Domino's. Which, once again, another very stoner thing to say. Uh-huh. After that, shows Kenny going out and getting food as he's leaving the store with just a whole crap load of food. Everything that was asked. Everything that was asked of him. Like, if you look in the bag, there's... Some things that they asked for and probably some things they didn't didn't even ask for, but he probably thought was good because whenever you're high and hungry, that's what you do is you just go to the store and start grabbing everything. That's what I do when I'm not high, which is always, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, he leaves the store with all this food and he sees a horse on the way out and he's like, oh, hey there, buddy. And like, you know, starts petting the horse and the horse starts kind of like going towards food. He's like, oh, hey, you hungry? Starts feeding the horse all the munchies food that they have there. And while he's doing this, it cuts back to the group. And the group is sitting there watching TV when a music video pops up. And I know E didn't notice this, but the guy in the music video is also Dave Chappelle, just dressed up as somebody else. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Um. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured. <laughs> I, I don't know if I appreciate your I know E didn't notice. <laughs> you might be right in this case. <laughs> I don't appreciate that tone. This music video actually is the thing that makes me think of Chappelle's show so much. Just because, like, the silly costumes and the colors and kind of everything about it feels like it be- it's a character that belongs in a Dave Chappelle show sketch. Fun fact, by the way, in this video, you can actually see that the, direct- the director is listed as Tamara Davis, which is the director of this movie, Half-Baked. To add on to that, though, the... Um... The director of the music video, or the director of the movie, being the director of the music video, prior to directing the feature fr- film, like Half Baked and Billy Madison, Davis actually directed over thirty actual music videos, including Tone Lock's Wild Thing and Hanson's Mbop. Uh, while they're watching this music video, they realize that the song is about Samson, which is the guy that they just realize, or that they just got weed from. And he's just like, "Wow, it's cool. It's like me, or we have the same dealer as this guy does." And Brian looks at him and goes, like, what are you talking about, man? He's like, Samson. Like, he's the same dealer that we get our weed from. Oh, yeah. Cutting back to Kenny. And he just fed all that food to the horse. He's like, wow, you must have been really hungry. You ate the whole thing. And then the horse farts and then just falls over dead. Yep. <laughs> and the cop comes out and he's, what are you doing? It's like, oh, I, I just fed the horse some food. I'm like, what did you feed him? Some pizza, some candy. And then the horse, or the cop starts freaking out saying this horse is a diabetic and starts do- trying to do cpr on the horse in the dumbest way possible and it's super over dramatic but 
I feel like it's meant to be. Yes, this is one of my and favorite parts of the movie, actually. The biggest way possible, yeah. I feel like they just told the guy, like, overact as much as you possibly can during the scene, and he went all for it. Yeah, it's super silly. Uh, so it's kind of funny you say that, Jariah, because this is the part where I gave up on the movie. And I was like, this is not <laughs> my like movie. ten minutes in! Yeah. I too thought was, it was dumb. But it's it was dumb in such a good way! It's supposed to be! The part that broke me the most is just the horse was diabetic. Like, I think at that point, I was like, this this movie is just like, it went off. Totally unrealistic. That's your humor. No, it went off the edge with it. It's it's too much. Like, it's too on the nose. Like, if they didn't have that line. (laughs) If they didn't have the diabetic line, I might be in for like two more minutes before I gave up. But like, I was like, oh, okay, this is the kind of movie it is. And I was like, I'm nope, done. <laughs> it was that, that moment I gave up. <laughs> and then I was like, oh god, we're ten minutes into the movie. Your expectations were too high for this movie. Because I Apparently. also thought this was a dumb joke, but I just kept enjoying the senselessness. Yeah. yeah, that's the way that I see it. It's kinda like this movie is just full of dumb and senseless humor, but it's meant to be. Like it's meant to be very off colored humor. You're not going to leave with just... anything important from this movie. Just, you know, no, no, definitely not. I get that, but I just, like, I just couldn't jive with it. He was like, that horse is clearly not diabetic. Just fucking <laughs> 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 he never would have made the force if he was diabetic. <laughs> I was like, that, that policeman would definitely be checking its blood sugar level right now if he really thought that. He would have insolent stat for that horse. Yeah, come Unrealistic on. Unrealistic bullshit. What kind of police officer is he? <laughs> yeah, is he type A or type B? I don't know. <laughs> I guess still in the super dramatic scene, the cop ends up uh, arrest, uh, arresting Kenny, and Kenny's saying that he's a peaceful man. He's like, shut up! You're a cop killer! He's like, no, no, I'm not! I love horses! I love butter stuff! Buttercup! Butternuts! But it goes to this super really quick scene of him basically going to prison wherever he goes to jail. They call him a cop killer. He gets trialed and then he's in he's in prison and you can hear a bunch of people chanting, bitch, 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 <laughs> bitch. While he goes up to or while he puts his face up to the bars, he says, the weed's wearing off. So apparently all this happened very quickly. Within the same day. Same night even, actually. Yeah. Due process <laughs> is fast in New York. <laughs> Cuts over to Thurgood and he is asleep. Which the thing I thought was kind of funny about this scene, though, too, was they said, like, if he's not back in 10 minutes, we're calling Domino's. But he has a noodle hanging out of his mouth. So apparently they forgot they're going to call Domino's and got Chinese instead. Yeah, they're high. Fuck it. And so they're like, oh, man, what's going on? Everyone's waking up and like, man, where's Kenny? Like, he should have been back a long time ago. Like, I don't know, man. Anyone heard from him? No, no. What about the guy? Has he heard from him? And there's just a guy sleeping on the couch. That isn't ever mentioned before. <laughs> and he's like, the guy like holds up a note. He's like, hands it to him. The note just says, Kenny called. He's in jail. He didn't give a number. Sincerely, guy on the couch. Kimia said that if I was anyone in this movie, I was the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kind of there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The three of them visit Kenny in jail, and he starts telling him he was, like, up all night getting harassed. He, like, starts crying, and they tell him to stop crying. Come on, man, you're not gonna live this way. Show me your mean face. He doesn't have a good mean face. So they're like, okay, we're gonna get you out of here. We're gonna get you out of here. How long do you think that you can last here in prison? He's like, 
uh, I don't know, maybe 5, 6.30, and they're all, they all start laughing, like, you're going to have to last a lot longer than that, man, but don't, don't worry, we'll get you out of here, we'll get you out of here, we'll, f- we'll figure it out. And they all put their fists on the glass, and he puts his hand there, and Brian's like, have fun! I guess a big plot point for that, like, the main plot point of that, though, is in order to break him out of prison, they're going to have to come up with 10% of $10 million, which means, and then Brian says right away, fucking impossible, man, because, like, how are they going to come up with a million dollars to bail him out of jail so while they're leaving thurgood actually finds a or he sees a stolen purse and he runs over to this girl and he gets over he's like hey is this yours oh my god yeah i can't believe i forgot that yeah yeah and he starts swinging the purse back and forth like it's a stopwatch like he's like hypnotizing her he's like people think i'm sexy think i'm a scholar people like me like yeah yeah okay give me the purse like my name is mary mary jane which i thought he would appreciate that because it's so on the nose i don't know I just didn't. I I groaned when I heard that. But you specifically wanted that oh, when we were watching Reefer Madness. Yeah, but Reefer Madness was supposed to be serious. Yet this isn't. It's a different beast. Yeah, that's the worst part. So Mary Jane asks, like, what's up with this uniform? Your work uniform? It's like, no, no, no. I just wake up every day of the week and I try and dress up as a different village person. Like, no, no, no. It's a, I'm, a, I'm a custodial expert. Or whatever he calls himself in the movie. He's a trash person. And so... He asks why she's here. She's like, possession for narcotics. And she keeps going on about like how it's for her uncle or something, or her dad. Her dad. Her dad, yeah, is there for possession of narcotics. Uh, Thurgood's like, man, that must have been the shit. He's like, actually, it wasn't. He's like, that must have been shitty. Yeah, you know, I always say, weed is awful. It's the worst thing ever. Up with hope, down with dope. And then all the friends start saying that like they need to go smoke, and he needs to hurry up. And Thurgood tries covering... Mary Jane's ears because he doesn't want her to hear anything because he's trying to hide the fact that he smokes weed. Ends up talking to her and she like offers them a ride home and they take it and they all get in the car and he's like, you two need to shut up about weed for two seconds. I'm trying to get with this girl. Which they're just being asshole friends about it. Yeah. Like if you had asshole stoner friends and you told them not to talk about asshole stoner things, they're going to immediately talk about all the asshole stoner things because that's what asshole stoners do. Just like half of our friends in high school. And they're sitting there talking and they finally get to the place where she's dropping him off at. He's like, I felt like she wanted me to say something. And so he starts asking her out and asking, like, they should get together for ice cream or something. And then the friends wake up and they're like, oh, man, he asked her out for ice cream. Can you believe that? Like, Man, shut up, man. You guys suck. And they all get out of the car. And then she screams like, wait, wait, you forgot something. He says, I knew it. You forgot your hat. I knew I forgot my hat is what I meant. But uh, you know what? Here's my number. If, you know, you ever just feel like getting a hold of me or talking or whatever, here's this just in case. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah, she does say maybe, and he says, he's like, you know what? I can deal with maybe. It's that no that I I have a hard time dealing with. Yeah. Okay, so he's like, hello, yes, here I am at work. (laughs) And then a scientist is like, janitor. And he's like, scientist. This is one of of the jokes I actually liked. The fact that it was just like, scientist. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's his job, right? Yeah, so there you go. There's one. There's one positive, potentially positive thing. So the scientist is like, I know it's not your job, but could you go and get this for me? And he's like, yeah, sure. But uh, can you go and can you mop this shit up for me then? I like that joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did like joke. that joke just because I know it's not your responsibility, but can you go and get this for me real quick? Yeah. Can you go ahead and mop up? the? I know it's not your responsibility. Yeah. Can you mop this shit up for me? And then walks away. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. So he goes and he uh, gets the order and he brings the clipboard of the important stuff to the lady at the desk. 
And she comes back, all right, here's your marijuana. He's like, marijuana? She's like, yeah. <laughs> that was close, but I believe it was more, his response was, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the response was supposed to be jizzing in your pants. So I think Rocky is a little bit closer. So he, he has the marijuana and he takes it back up to the scientist. He's like, yo, man, you didn't tell me you were getting this the sweet herb. And the scientist is like, oh, yes, uh, f- f- uh, yes uh, this is for the scientific research. And we're researching the CDC of the marijuana. And he's like, all right, here's some for you to, for your troubles. Thanks, man. And he's like, yeah. And he just keeps taking more out of the bag, I guess, of weed. Yeah. He's like. Yeah, I'm a stoner, and this is all I ever think or talk about. <laughs> okay, yeah, he has the weed. Does it cut to him straight home after that? I believe so, because, yeah, he has that conversation about how um, he, they're using weed for uh, research on medicinal purposes. He gives him some weed as a way of saying, uh, thanks for your, thanks for your troubles. And he, like he said, he just keeps on picking some more weed out of the top of it and, like, stuffing it into his pocket. But it does cut to him being home after that if i do remember correctly yeah, it does yeah and uh while he's at home he's just like hey i got some new weed you guys want to try smoking something like no we're not really in the weed with everything that's going on with kenny man he's like all right yeah you're right so you guys want to smoke some weed he's like, oh yeah sure it's like right, i'll get billy bong thornton man he's no, no 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 we doesn't feel right to do that without kenny let's get wesley pipes instead <laughs> which is another good name for us I, I yeah. bet I would enjoy these names a lot more if I knew whoever they were talking about at any point. Billy Bob Thornton and Wesley Snipes. They were both very big actors in the 90s. I wasn't exist, so... Yeah, he wasn't exist. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> yeah, what the heck? So yeah, they're, they're smoking it, and they're passing the pipe around, and they're like, they're about, it's about to get back to um, Thurgood, and he's like, wait a second... You know who would really enjoy this? The man on the couch. And they give him the 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 pipe, and he just wakes up, smokes it, and then goes back to sleep. Oh, wait, and then they're also so they actually coughed, and apparently you don't cough if you have smoked something before, according to this movie. I think if you're used Pretty so sure they're basically it just means that it's a strong uh, it's stronger weed. So like if you're coughing off of it, that means all right. If someone who smokes all the time is coughing off of weed. It usually means it's good weed because it's something that hits harder than what they normally smoke. Yeah, and then um, it gets real dumb. They start flying. Yeah, because they're high. But they just start. Yeah. They start floating first because yeah, they're they're high on the the dank. <laughs> on the marijuana. On the marijuana. <sighs> marijuana. They just they just start flying, and I think it's supposed to be a reference to Superman. Maybe. Yeah. So they're like, oh, we gotta visit Kenny. Kenny, Kenny. kenneled in the jail, and they they fly, and then Kenny's talking to himself in the mirror, like, hyping himself up, and he's like, you're a homo erectus. Because he's like, you're not a fish. You're not a fish. Oh. And then he's like, wait, did I say homo? Because it's the 90s. Because he says he's a homo erectus. Yeah, they just make this quote of, like, man, we really gotta get him out of prison. Or we really gotta get him out of jail. Yep. And then they cease flying, I think. And wake up from the high yeah. or something. Yeah. Is that how it works? And they're like, man, how are we going to get Kenny out of the jail? And the Scar- Scarface, I think, he's like, 
I got it, man. Gotta sell that that stuff you got. The the one from the Met the hus is it a hospital? No, just a research lab. From the lab in uh Thurgood's like Scarface is like Hey man, listen, I got an idea. Here's my idea. My idea is this. My idea is that we go, you go to the and I'm talking like this. Scarface doesn't really talk like this. I'm talking like this. There's a difference, okay? So I don't want you to give this man credit, because I, too, am an actor. Yes, so, yes. Scarface is, he's like, why don't you go and write a fake letter of recommendation for that weed? I don't remember what it is. <laughs> Not a letter of recommendation. <laughs> no, you got, yeah, it's a letter of recommendation. Like, There's a letter of recommendation. I recommend you give this weed to me. Scientist, right? <laughs> Doctor scientist. Doctor scientist. That's what Sincerely, happens. Sincerely, Doctor scientist. <laughs> exactly. Right. No, we got to think of something else, and then just kind of shows them like pondering, like how else they're gonna get the money. And so they go. We got to figure out a way to make this work. We're three smart men. We can figure this out. And I think they were sitting in their patio, like the patio to their apartment. Like it was outside. And I think they're just thinking, and all of a sudden it was just like, I think a little bit of time passed, and all of a sudden Scarface comes up with the same idea. And it basically says on the screen, memory loss is a s- symptom of smoking weed or something like that. <laughs> so, what happens after that is Thurgood's like, we are not drug dealers, man. We can't do that. Like, no, 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 we're not going to be drug dealers. We're just going to get it and get enough money to get Kenny out of jail. He's like, all right, you're right. So we won't be drug dealers. We'll be fundraisers. <laughs> but yeah, so he goes to the he goes to the weed place. I like to call the weed place the storage room of the science guys. He asks for some weed. They give him the weed. It's a lot of weed. Next scene. <laughs> Next scene. <laughs> I'll tell you about next scene. Tell us about the next scene. Next scene is this. Yeah, so next scene is this. Look at all this weed, they say. Wowie woo. <laughs> it's on the table. And they're at their apartment, I think. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's all I got. <laughs> now you got it. Yeah, they're like, wowie woo. They start deciding they're going to make some samples with their business card on it. So that way they can hopefully get some customers by just handing out weed to just random people out on the street. Because... That's totally not going to put them in prison in 1998. No, not at all. Somehow, despite the fact they're all spread out throughout the city, handing out their business cards to just all these different random people, they all end up collaborating at this one nightclub, and that's where they start handing out the last of the weed, I'm I'm guessing at least. There's a scene where they get into the club by bribing the guard with weed, and one of the guys actually drops his sample, and just like the guard actually scrambles to pick it up. It's a weird scene with that part. And then they go inside and this what seems like a very small nightclub, like it's almost like it was built in someone's garage yeah. and they're handing out weed samples to everybody and they all meet up with each other afterwards. And like, all right, so I gave away all my weeds. Like, all right, I gave away my weed, too. It's like, all right, well, I guess all we have to do is wait and see what happens. And then like they go and look out in the nightclub and everybody's floating. And then they realize like this weed is fantastic. And then it cuts to them later on and. They're just waiting by the phone, uh, hoping that they're going to find someone, uh, that someone's going to call so they can start selling weed for their fundraising program. 
And as they're all waiting in front of their phones, eventually uh, it rings and Thorogood picks it up and says, Mr. Nice Guy. And it happens to be Mary Jane on the other end of the phone. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. I think I might have the wrong number. Is Thorogood there? Oh, yeah. Speaking. Uh, How's it going? She's like, oh, yeah, this is Mary Jane. I picked you up from prison. Oh, you're going to have to be a little bit more specific about that. A lot of girls picked me up from prison. Just kidding. That that was a joke. I didn't think you were going to call. It's like, oh, well, I wasn't going to call, but because you know, all my friends said that you looked like you were an idiot, but... Because I don't care what my friends think. Also a thing that we skipped over was a uh, scene with Kenny in prison. So it goes to Kenny in prison, and he's having lunch, and some big dude is like, hey, give me your fruit cocktail. He's like, I can't give you my fruit cocktail. If I give you my fruit cocktail, I'm not going to get all my vitamins. He's like, give me your fruit cocktail. And then we get a cameo from somebody who should look familiar to everybody except for E, obviously. It's Tommy Chong. He plays Squirrel yeah. Man. Squirrel Master, I think is what it was. But he's played by Tommy Chong. Yeah. He was a lot older in this. That's how time Yeah, works, that's how I 20 suppose, years but... happens. <laughs> but yeah, like Tommy Chong was 60 when this movie came out. And so that means that he was roughly in his thir- like late 30s, early 40s whenever... Uh, Up in Smoke came out. Yeah, the Squirrel Master saves Kenny, and Kenny becomes the Squirrel's Master bitch. Which is this weird little scene where, yeah, he tells it. Yeah, because that guy's name is Naughty Nate. Yeah. And he tells him, he's like, back off, Naughty Nate. This one's mine. Wasn't it Nasty uh, Nate? Nasty Nate? Naughty Nate? It's Nasty Nate. It's Nasty Nate. Yeah, so Nasty yeah, Nate was saying. I like star. Naughty Nate more, though. <laughs> <laughs> they both fit for him let's be honest but he tells or he ends up telling him like next time i see you, i'm gonna want some cocktail fruit he's like go ahead and take the fruit i'm somebody's bitch and then i guess it yeah cuts that scene wherever they're waiting by the phone thorogood says or asks if they want to go out on that date and she's like yeah like, just go ahead and meet or want to meet me where you dropped us off last time it's like oh yeah sure can you go ahead and give me half an hour it's like, no yeah sure or sure thing and decides that he's going to go out on a date with her. And he gets all excited about it. So excited, he starts humping the table. Yeah, we're also missing a vital point. Uh, they spent all their money on the Mr. Feelgood. They didn't the have Mr. money to nice. begin with. No, they spent all their money on the Mr. Nice Guy on bicycles. Yeah, so they are broke as fuck. The first thing he asks them is like, you guys got any money? And he's able to scrounge together $8 for this date. You know, $8 in 98 money, that's like $20. It's still not probably. a lot for a date. Well, you could get, like, 19 hamburgers at McDonald's for that. No, no, because there's taxes, and a hamburger is actually $2. Oh, shoot, yeah, they went up, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah, but how much like were nine. they in 1998? A dollar. Mm-hmm. Still taxes, though. So yeah, he's I, yeah. got his date set, okay? We're talking yeah. at least 17 Big Macs, okay? <laughs> yeah. And then he has... And then he's like, I'll give you 17 reasons why this wasn't a cheap date, okay? <laughs> no listen as long as you take it out of the wrapper and present it like that they'll be cool with it how many dates have you gone where they gave you 17 hamburgers huh that's a that's like a deal right there like that's like at least a second date see i've also heard on a successful date that at some point you tell whoever you're dating to be grateful that they got anything (laughs) yeah i think that's what you tell them that's totally how it works so E, like for you, it would be like, well, if you think like you're sitting at a table, I'm E, you're the date. Yeah. I'd be like, well, I'm if you think date. about it, yep. that's 17 more burgers than someone in a starving country has. So if you think about it that way, you're kind of an asshole. 
And that yeah, really and just... That makes them you know, be way into the day. Yeah, and it makes them feel good about themselves because they know they're being taken care of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, they'll be like, you know what? He's right. If I was in Africa, I wouldn't have these 17 hamburgers. And then you start shoving one of the burgers into their face. So what we have here is actually two different people, two different takes on the date. <laughs> Robbie starts shoving food into his date's face aggressively, while E has actually hoarded all the food. He's like, you know what? No, no, I will not. If you're going to be unappreciative of this food. I'm going to eat all of it, and you're going to watch me while I eat all of it. I'm saving you calories right now. Could you imagine how much you would gain if you ate these? <laughs> But you're not going to gain anything. I'm eating this yeah. all for you. That is actually another successful tip for dating. Mention their weight <laughs> during the date. <laughs> Anyways, Thurgood ends up meeting Mary Jane at the place where they are. She dropped them off last. He says that he has $8 and he's going to have to try to be thrifty about this date so he doesn't spend all $8 on her. It's like, oh, how about we go ahead and we just take a walk? And he's like, okay, cool. And like, they go and they start taking a walk, and he three and makes a half a co- hours according to yeah, him. fourteen miles in three hours, which is fucking fast. Yeah, it's also a lot of miles. That is a that's like a mar that's that's a marathon. No half half marathon. Yeah, it's half a half marathon. a marathon. Yeah, it's half a marathon that they walked in three and a half hours to just walking and talking. He's that's he says yeah three and a half hours later and I did not spend a dime and then. It happened. And then she's like, oh, how about we get some sushi? And he's like, oh, well, how about a hot dog? And ends up going and buying a hot dog. And she gets one with, I think it was mustard and sauerkraut. Yep. He ends up telling her that sauerkraut's extra. And like he's like sitting there narrating. Oh, you can just like see the money going down as she's ordering stuff. And ends up getting a hot dog with mustard, sour cream, and a drink. And asks him if he wants anything. And he's like, nope, nope, I'm fine. She's like, okay. It's, oh, I haven't had a hot dog in a while, but... Oh, I also know this really nice uh, ice cream place uptown. I was like, all right, let's hoof it over there. It's like, like, do you mind if we take a taxi? He's like, sure. Ends up taking a taxi. And like, apparently, taxi uptown is only $4.50. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. But anyways, end up taking a taxi. And like, he spends like $4.50 on the taxi, leaving him at this point with, I think it was 50 cents or 25 cents. Or something. I think yeah. You hear him argue with the taxi driver and he ends up telling the taxi driver that he's lucky he got a tip to begin with. And they go to this ice cream place and this homeless guy sitting out front and he's just like, excuse me, sir, spare some change for some food. So don't mind if I do. And ends up just robbing a homeless guy of his money. And like the yeah, counter so goes up a like great main character that we follow, oh yeah. but uh, ends up robbing this uh, homeless guy. Homeless guy's like, Oh, thank you, sir. He's like, no, thank you. And then, Goes inside, they buy uh, or they buy a Sunday that they share together, and he's down to 13 cents at this point. And then the counter goes away, for showing how much money he had. And then Mary Jane and Thoroughgood start having a conversation where they start talking about her father and him going to jail for being a drug dealer. He asked him like how long he was in prison for, or he's been in prison for. It's been four years so far. He's like, okay, well, what was he carrying? He's like, oh, uh, mostly marijuana. Four years for weed? Damn! Makes that comment of, uh, which... You used to hear a lot during this time, too, is that weed is a gateway drug. It usually you leads to harder that. things. You do, but not as much as you used to, though. I, I have heard that quite a bit lately. That's literally really? all they say. In fact, it's the reasoning people use for keeping weed on top with cocaine and heroin as a class. 
class one drug or whatever that yeah. however they classify those where are you who's saying that these days uh conservatives usually oh they're still on that spiel yeah. man they never gave that no, up no 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 ride that train off the cliff yeah you i think to be conservative you can't change opinion isn't that really the bitch about being conservative <laughs> like, oh god these are really old policies how the fuck are we gonna do this we're so fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, I remember... All our conservative listen base. Have you ever seen, like, like really savvy conservatives have to defend their party? It's actually really hilarious, because you know they know they're fucking wrong, and they're like, how, how can I bullshit this? <laughs> I remember hearing that, or hearing that a lot growing up about weed being a gateway drug, but I also, uh, like... This was also around the time that they had a lot of those really over-the-top advertisements for anti-weed. There was one where for like this guy cut open four different cigarettes and then put it into a uh, wrapping paper and then saying, like, smoking one joint is the same as smoking four cigarettes. Do you want to do that to your lungs? <laughs> or like uh, another one of like someone that's driving a car home and they're stoned out of their mind and they end up running over somebody. And like another one wherever like someone or these two guys are high and one of them pulls a gun out of his dad's cap and he's like, hey, check it out. This is my dad's gun. Whoa, is it loaded? And then you hear like a gunshot go off and then it's just like your motor skills are slowed down every year high. Don't smoke weed. And like basically saying you're going to shoot your friend if you smoke weed. That was an I actual advertisement. Like that should be a lesson on having better like gun safety in your house. <laughs> Do you guys remember the one where it showed like the two like relatively well-to-do kids and they're like doing like school things that like requires a lot of like know-how? And all of a sudden, one is like, hey, do you want some weed? And he's like, oh, I've never tried weed. Me ne- neither. And he lights it up, and all of a sudden, he's like, <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it just I feel like this at is... the bottom of the screen, don't be a rapist, and blood, blood red. You know? No, I don't. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I know they've tried the rape angle at least once. I know it. I mean, Reefer okay? Madness. I'm not crazy. Yeah, Reefer Madness. Oh, yeah, Reef- maybe that's where I got that from. Anyways, they started talking about how oh, weed is a gateway drug, and she says it leads usually leads to harder things, and he says, yeah, mostly junk food. And she's like, you don't smoke weed, do you? And he's like, no, of course I don't smoke weed. She's like, would you promise that to me? What? And she ends up like stuffing his hand into the Sunday saying, swear on this Sunday that you do not smoke weed. And he's uh, ends up swearing on the Sunday saying, I do not smoke weed. No, he says, I fucking I hate swear. every single fucking movie where they ruin goddamn food. And that is like a thing <laughs> in stoner movies. I swear to God, they have to ruin oh. fucking something that doesn't need to be ruined. If someone ever pushed my hand in the ice cream I'm eating, like you just fucking ruined <laughs> everything I liked about the situation. <laughs> Uh, That's how Rocky would have reacted. Swear on this Sunday, you fucking bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, I'm gone. That was, you ruined what I love. And that was all my money. That's all my fucking money. <laughs> That's not that even point. all my money. That's all that homeless man's money. You gotta explain <laughs> to that homeless guy out there why you wasted his money on the Sunday that you destroyed. <laughs> why did you have the homeless man's money? Because I fucking robbed him. That's why. <laughs> I'll, I'll say, with the swear, he was like, he did say that he swears he didn't smoke weed. He said, I swear that you have the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen, you know, because he's a terrible oh, person yeah. and just compulsively lies to her. 
I, and then they I have thought he said, I swear, and then he said that other part in his yeah, mind. Yeah, he did. So he's even worse. <laughs> he'd even... He'd even he try just said, to trick I his way out to her. He just, he just straight up lied. Well, he's still better than me, because I don't put any value in the whole I swear thing, because I, I could have just said I swear and not have had to say anything in my head. <laughs> I, mean, no, was go, I swear. Fuck. No, I wouldn't. I would just say I swear. And I'm like, well, if they believe that shit, that's on them. <laughs> They have any value on those two words. <laughs> All I think is like this person just ruined my fucking ice cream. That would be what's in my head. Uh, yeah, it, it does cut into a throwaway scene after that of them or him saying that they had sex and then him saying like she's like a super caring lover and all this other stuff. It's gross. It cuts to the next day and the phones are going off and he's like, the phones are going off like crazy. Everybody wanted our weed. And he starts going into the kinds of smokers there are. There's the enhancer, enhancement smoker, the one who thinks weed makes everything better. And this role is played by uh, John Stewart. And he's like, man, have you seen Scent of Woman? Have you seen Scent of Woman on weed? And it just kind of goes with that for a while. Way too long. It's, it's too long of a scene. And sells the weed to him. And he's like, and then there's the scavenger smoker, played by Snoop Dogg. It's like, every time you're smoking, they just come up and they take all your weed, basically. So just show Snoop Dogg smoking all their weed. And he's like, and then there's the, you should have been their smoker. All they do is talk about the old days. And this is played by, uh, I always forget his name. What's it, Robbie? Willie Nelson. Yeah. I was going to say fun fact about the Snoop Dogg scene, though. Uh, apparently in the movie, like all the parts that they're smoking is apparently like some kind of tobacco blend. Like none of it's actually weed. Yeah. They said apparently the scene with Snoop Dogg, apparently he actually brought weed to that scene. Yeah, he because he's Snoop he Dogg. He brings weed everywhere. He literally during E3 a few years yeah. ago was smoking weed on cameras in the booths. That's literally what he, like last year he literally smoked weed in front of the White House. It's just it's what he does. Because it's Snoop Dogg. No one's going to say he otherwise. He actually just emanates the smoke. He doesn't he might. even he doesn't even have to smoke anymore. <laughs> so is this, this is one of those things you're supposed to be like, "Hey, I know that guy. Hey, I know that yeah. guy." More or less, yeah. Oh, uh, that explains why I was like, "Oh man, they're focusing on these a lot." Yeah, just it's because yeah, most of them are are and or were big actors in the '90s pop culture. And then he says there is the after school special smoker who spends all of their allowance on weed, and then there is the forty year old dad who's trying to be cool smoker who is just in the room next to him. Isn't that ironic? And then it says, there's the across-town grandma who is trying to clear her, cure her glaucoma. She says, it's good for arthritis, too. Everything was going so well that Scarface actually quit his job. And it shows him telling everybody off. He's like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're all right, and fuck you. Which is a scene that Waiting would later take and use. I was going to ask, because that's actually one of those things that just kind of went into the zeitgeist for a bit. Mm -hmm. So I actually knew about that scene without knowing if it was from this or not. From this, much later, more popularized by waiting. And it says, Brian was going to quit his job, but he was fired first. Which, another thing I know, or found out about this scene is uh, the thing that he does, he's like, don't worry, man. I'm not going to freak out. All I want to know is who's coming with me, man. Apparently, that was actually almost plagiarized from another movie, like scene for scene. Or, I guess not scene for scene, but like word for word. Yeah. Which they took that from that movie, Jerry Maguire, which came out two years earlier than this movie did. Yeah, this entire movie is just a lot of pop culture references from the time. Yeah, you know, maybe that's why I don't like this movie. It's very possible. Yeah, and so somebody actually does come with him. 
a girl named Jan. He's like, so, do you want to, like, go out or date or something? Like, nope, I'm a lesbian. Sorry. Big old dyke. Yep. Not going to date you. But it was a great thing, actually, that Jan would hang around with him all the time, because we ended up hiring her, because we were so busy. So they hired Jan as a secretary to answer all their phones, basically. And they paid her in weed. So he goes on to say that, like, everything was blowing up. We were doing great. We even stole some customers from Samson. After he says that they stole some customers from Samson, it shows him going to the guy that they watched earlier, whose name is escaping me right now. Sir smokes a lot. Yeah, sir smokes a lot. And he goes to go sell him some weed, and he tells him that he wants an entire pound of their... can't remember what the blend was. I want to say it was Maui Wowie, but it wasn't that. I don't remember. Something else, and he just like... It's like, well, it's a good thing that I knew you were going to want a lot of weed, because I brought a lot of weed, and throws a pound at him, and then asks if he'll sit down and smoke it with him. He's just like, all right, but I got to be quick about it, and then ends up showing that, you know, this guy's just like a straight-up pothead, and like starts talking about all of his problems, gets really emotional, and then... He ends up leaving and saying, like, oh, yeah, like, he says, like, despite the fact this guy has so many emotional problems, it's probably why he smokes a pound of weed a week. Tells him that he'll meet him next week. And then it goes to the scene wherever he gets back home and he sees that they have a dog now. Dog is just, like, biting the guy's leg. He's like, when do we get a dog? He's like, oh, yeah, I got the dog used, man. Came with a dog house. It was only 200 bucks. He spent $200 on a dog and a dog house. Then... Brian comes up and tells him, like, oh, yeah, I also got this pouch, man, that has Jerry Garcia in it. Who? He's like, has Jerry Garcia. It was sold to me by Barry Garcia. Is that supposed to be his brother? Like, no, it's Andy Garcia's brother. Yeah. Right. That scene, he was telling him that uh, that they're not supposed to be spending the money. It's like, didn't you just buy a uh, pearl necklace or a diamond necklace no, for no, Mary it's Jane? Uh, what do you mean? He's like, you guys can't go around spending all this money. He's like, what do you mean we can't go around spending all this money? Weren't you just telling us the other night that you gave Mary Jane a pearl necklace? He's like... All right, first off, I don't think you understood the context of that story at all. I think it's actually a really good joke. Does anyone else... Yeah, does Does anyone get the... I know, I know. obviously, Jariah does. Do you two get the what that joke is? I, I just thought you bought You two look very confused. Neck. A little bit. <laughs> uh, just Google Pearl Necklace with Safe Search off later. Robbie, Anyways. you look so confused. <laughs> like... I think I'm starting to get it a little bit. But I will say about that, that scene that I really liked was that um, um, whoever had written this movie... Because I actually don't know who wrote the movie. Chappelle and his um, co-writer, the same guy who wrote Chappelle Show with him. Well, they have an appreciation for dark British humor, because that's a big shtick in those movies, is the two henchmen doing something stupid, and then they uh, bring up something, and then the other dude has to give him a, Je- like a, a speech. Like, obviously, you misunderstood what I was trying to go yeah. for when I had seen yeah. it, like that kind of thing. <laughs> I thought that was kind of... Neil Brennan, I believe, is his name, the co-writer. Telling him that they shouldn't be spending so much money and gets mad and yells at them. So they pass him a joint, takes a puff off of it and tells him, all right, I'm sorry I lost my top or lost my temper with you guys, but I'm serious. We're not drug dealers. We're fundraisers. Also, something that we missed out on here, a scene that happens before this is another Kenny scene. Uh, it's a prison shower scene. Kenny drops the soap. Singing something. What's he singing? He's singing all by myself. Right. Really badly. Mm-hmm. Well, Nasty Nate is just watching him sing, and then he ends up dropping the soap, and apparently that catches everybody's attention in the prison. So he goes to pick up the soap, and it's a scene where you see his feet, and then Nasty Nate's feet just gets up right behind him as he's picking up the soap. He's about to get all freaky with him, and then Squirrel Master comes up, he's like, no, this is my bitch. I'm telling him, it's like, I told you to back off, and then you get this scene wherever they're, I guess, fighting, I'm assuming? 
And then all this, you see Kenny while soap is splashing on him, or what I assume is soap. And he's saying, wash your hands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, that part was good, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alyssa, we should all learn from. But yeah, then that scene happens wherever uh, he's telling them that they should be spending so much money and that obviously they didn't get the reference to the pearl necklace, which apparently me and E also didn't get that reference or the context of that. If you know the reference, please email us at the last don't, one's in don't, podcast. Don't do not email us anything about pearl necklaces. Please send us a send, picture of what they mean. Yeah, send pictures, please, of your favorite <laughs> pearl necklace. <laughs> send us your mother's pearl necklace. <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> oh yes, the classic mother of pearl necklace. So yeah, so the dogs all crazy and uh, they're like, or uh, Thurgood's like, well, we gotta calm it down, a hey, dog, pss, pss, pss. and then the dogs just, rawr, 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 rawr. and he's like, and then he just smokes and blows the smoke into the dog. I'm pretty sure <laughs> into the dog's face. I mean, face. he blows the smoke. <laughs> Just the wording was a little weird as all. Then, oh man, now the dog's high. <laughs> and the dog just goes and then it like does a weird... Well, one, um, Scarface is all mad and he's like, Killer, kill, what are you doing? What you doing to my dog, man? Yeah, and then Killer just goes to get kibbles because he has the munchies. And then uh, he flies and uh, this was the Superman reference then? or what? Yeah, it's really, really funny, I think, actually. Because it's just a really no, bad screen so green shot with a dog clearly <laughs> laying down, but with a green screen city behind him. It's really good. It's really good. I That's thought that was pretty dumb. funny, too. <laughs> it's on par with the rest of the movie. I can say that much. It's dumb. That's why I like it. So I'm trying to remember which part goes next. I think it was... Sells weed to the uh, only creative smoker. Oh, yeah. Which was... Uh... Another person who was somewhat famous in the 90s, uh, Gina Garofalo, for doing these kind of roles. She, oh yeah, just the kind of smoker that is only creative whenever they're smoking weed. And she ends up basically just giving him some poetry about how she's a killer. And then he just tells her, like, you need therapy. That's where I would go with that poem. And then he goes into, like, then there's the MacGyver smoker. It's a guy, like, under a car. And someone goes up and he's like, man, the bong broke. Uh, give me an avocado... Uh, ice pick and my snorkel. Trust me, I've made a bong with less. Go get it. <laughs> He's like, and then there's the straight pothead, the ones who are lazy, don't do anything, and just sit around on the couch. And then you see smokes a lot, and while he's saying the pure pot or straight pothead thing, and shows him just being lazy and weird and belligerent. He says straight potheads have. He's like, I'm impotent, bitch, and he just like throws the girl to the side but then he says like the thing is it's like at least we're not pure potheads and then it just goes to labeling all of them as potheads as they go along all the way till we get to the dog even showing that even the dog is just a giant pothead at this point and then he says the thing that i hate is usually whenever someone who's a non-smoker ends up getting your number from somebody that is a star that are one of their friends that is a smoker and then they end up asking you to personally deliver are to, yeah deliver to them and he goes and he knocks on a door and mary jane ends up answering it and he gets really happy saying you smoke weed and he goes to give her a hug and she gets mad and throws him off of her and says like are you like you swore to me that you weren't doing this kind of thing but my friend apparently like uh they sold to one of her friends or something and she ended up finding out through proxy and gets mad at him and tells him i don't i never want to see you again and he tries you know telling her that he's sorry and that he's doing it for a good cause and he can explain, but she's not listening to it. And so he just ends up 
leaving. I think after that, it cuts to Kenny back at the prison, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it cuts back to Kenny back at the prison and he's at the lunch line. He's thanking the squirrel master for his help back at the shower. And squirrel master tells him, he's like, oh, me. I can't remember what he named a squirrel, but he's like, oh, me and so-and-so didn't mind, did we? And he opens up his prison jumpsuit and there's a little squirrel or a little puppet squirrel with the Oh, yeah, a little hairnet on there, like shaking his head no, like they didn't mind. Just really stupid. <laughs> Which I thought was a funny yeah. scene. It's stupid, but it's yeah. funny. <laughs> but he says that, like, whenever they get out of prison, that he'd really like to thank him in some way, shape, or form. And he tells him, he's like, well, you better hurry up with it then, because I'm going to be out in 11 days. It's like, 11 days? And then looks out, and he sees Nasty Nate. And Nasty Nate is just sitting there, watching, waiting, plotting. And then after that, Kenny calls him and tells him that, you know, I need to get out within 11 days. It's like, what? Why do you have to get out in 11 days? He's like, have you ever tried getting naked and running backwards through a cornfield? I fucking hated that stupid joke. <laughs> have you ever been in a cornfield? There's not sideways corn <laughs> where you gotta really go out of your way to get raped by corn in a cornfield. Is that what it was supposed to be? Yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing. Oh, I thought it was just a dumb, like, random thing. Just it like, was a dumb, naked. random thing. I mean, it is a dumb, random naked, thing, yeah. but also rape. It's the equivalent of uh, when the girl in Reefer Madness was shot in the back from the ricocheting bullet. <laughs> it's the equivalent. The joke yeah. equivalent. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> you gotta do a lot. Like, you'd have to shuck the corn, even. You have to do a lot of, like, legwork. Like, if you're putting that much effort into it, I don't really think it's rape. Like, if you're going through all those extra steps, you're not gonna get plowed by rogue corn. By the farmer, or maybe it's the farmer. maybe by the farmer. <laughs> <laughs> we're, like, we're dissecting this stupid offhand comment joke. I had in my head this image of like running backwards through a cornfield, and he's very frantic because he knows something's going to happen. And all of a sudden, there's a blur and like a scream of rage, and you just see this crazed eyes guy of spittle flying out of his mouth, just grab him into the corn. <laughs> And then the, the the title "The Rage" comes on the screen. <laughs> I was actually going to say "Children of, of the Corn," but I was going to say "Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark." <laughs> <What>? <laughs> this joke's dumb. So cuts to Scarface, and he is selling weed to Samson. He's like, "Man, I was I got set up." Well, what it was is they're saying they had to start taking on new customers, and one of the new customers happened to be Samson, and he didn't realize it at first, so Samson ended up setting him up. Yeah. Oh, the reason why Samson knows who they are is because Sir Smokes a lot made a music video about Mr. Nice Guy, and Samson saw it. Yeah. Cuts over to Thurgood, and he starts talking about how he misses Mary Jane, and they ask to get her back because the last girl that he was with was ugly, more or less. Goes to her apartment, apartment and he's saying how much he misses her. And he'll do whatever it takes to get her back. He is going to stop smoking weed. He can't stop selling it quite yet because he has a job to do it, but he will stop smoking it. And yeah, so he goes to a rehab class here. Like, hello, my name is Thurgood. I'm here because I'm addicted to weed. The guy stands up. He's like, weed isn't a drug. He's like, well, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, weed isn't a drug. Have you ever sucked dick for weed? I suck dick for crack. Uh, no, I've never sucked dick for weed in my entire life. No, I think one of the things I was supposed to be kind of... I don't even know if it was a pop culture reference. I think it was just like another person of pop culture during that time that they showed for this scene was Bob Saget. Because Bob Saget was the one that jumped up and he's just like, wait, it's not a drug. I used to suck dick for crack. 
And then just some random guy in the crowd goes, I seen it. That was Bob Saget. Yeah, that was Bob Saget. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever listened to his stand up or watched it at all? He's a dirty motherfucker. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Even the dog agrees. The dog agrees he's a dirty motherfucker even. But yeah, like he tries going to rehab. They boo him off stage because, you know, no one's ever sucked dick for weed that they know of. It was after that that he ends up going home and like it shows him going home and like their house is just trashed. And this is when we see kind of a callback to uh, the movie that we watched last week. Just we see a dog on its back, all four legs pointing to the sky. It turns out they killed Killer, yo. Who could have done this, man? He's like, I don't know. I don't know. We need to we need to bury him, though. He's like, let me uh, go get a shovel or something. I forget what he says exactly. But he ends up trying to go and walk past the dog and you hear, watch out, man. He's like, sorry, sorry. Didn't see him there because he tripped over the dog. So they give the dog a burial under a public trees, like, entrapment thing that they put public trees in on the sidewalk and they just put him under there and then they just push the tree with all of its dirt right back on it and it looks really terrible and it's awesome it's really funny actually you know part of that dog would be exposed yeah you couldn't cover up the <laughs> yeah that's, i think that's part of the. i honestly think that's part of the joke and then brian ends up do you, I, actually do you have the quote here robbie i do first of all to understand what happened to killer you got to understand who killer the dog was now, Killer was born to a three-legged bitch of a mother, and he's always ashamed of this man. And then right after that, he was adopted by this man, Tito Lebowski. He, or, he was a small-time gunrunner and a Rottweiler fight promoter, so he put Killer into training. They see, uh, And they see Killer's good. He's damn good. But then he had the fight of his life. They pit him against his brother, Nibbles. And Killer said, no, man, that's my brother's. I can't fight Nibbles. But then they made him fight anyways. And Killer, he killed Nibbles. Killer said, that's it. He called off all of his fights and he started doing crack. He freaked out. And then in a rage, he collapsed. And his heart could no longer beat. That is how Killer died. Wow. And then Thoroughgood just looks at him and says, You know, uh, never thought I'd say this to anybody, but uh, you two smoke entirely too much reefer. Because uh, I think we skipped over it. Um, Scarface said that he thinks uh, other. He said guy, Samson did it. Yes, that Samson was responsible. And then uh, I don't even remember his name. I'm gonna call him Barry for no reason whatsoever. He gave he gave that story. Brian. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dang, I got I got the letter right. Wow. <laughs> And then one of them end up saying, I think it's Scarface, he's like, what if the guy did it? And so they all run upstairs, and he's like, hey, hey, the guy, did you kill Killer? He's like, mm, no. Man, I believe him. I don't know why I believe him, but I believe him, man. And then at this point uh, is whenever they actually get a call from Samson, and it's Thurgood who ends up answering it. Samson tells him, did you get my message? Just like, what are you talking about? Who is this? He's like, this is Samson. He's Hold on a second. This is the operator speak. R. This is the operator. Your sister's on line one. Samson, this is Sheila. Mama's not doing so good. And he goes, shut up, bitch. Saying, now you tell Mr. R, Mr. Nice Guy to get his Jamaican ass up to my place so we can talk or have a talk. And then hangs up the phone. That's whenever they realize, like, oh, yeah, he was right. Samson is the one who did this. And Thoroughgood ends up asking Scarface. It's like, so I'm just curious. 
why does he think Mr. Nice Guy's Jamaican? He's like, oh, because I told him he was. Just always in my mind, he was always a Jamaican guy, man. Like, okay, where are we going to get a Jamaican at? And then Brian's like, I can pretend to be Jamaican, man. Thurgood tells him, you have smoked yourself retarded. That being said, I think the next scene probably would have been funnier if it actually was Brian while being Jamaican. He's like, hey, man, I'm Mr. Or, I'm Mr. Nice Guy, man. I think that was think probably that a draft of the movie at one point, and they were like, that's <laughs> too racist. However, Maybe. I do think Robbie had figured out a way to bypass the racism, racism if he didn't actually try to be Jamaican. And yet, yeah, if he, just, like, was came in, if he just came in with a hat. <laughs> he just came in with a hat and was talking like that the entire time. That would have been pretty funny. <laughs> that's literally just all his... <laughs> that's the only yes. thing he says. I'm all Jamaican, is... man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Nice Guy, I'm totally Jamaican, man. And then I, I think Robbie would have successfully bypassed the racism. I be like, clearly this is a stoned-ass white person. <laughs> but instead, the scene that we get is Thoroughgood, pretend like he's Jamaican, walking up with a Jamaican accent to talk to Samson. Just like this weird scene where he's just like, so you're Jamaican, where are you from in Jamaica? Right by the beach. Tells him, like, I don't think you're actually Jamaican. He's just like, of course I'm Jamaican. And then he says, bring out Order 85 or something like that. And then they end up bringing a crossbow out and then causes Thoroughgood to freak out, saying, like, I don't want to be the first black guy to die, die by crossbow. I lied to you. I'm sorry about that. And Samson tells him, like, are you guys make forty to $50,000 a week. I want half of that. If you don't give that to me, then you're all dead. And so they have to start thinking, like, how are we going to get that much money to pay him every single week. Cause apparently he's going to want this weekly for taking his business away from him. And they're at home and they're trying to think about what they're going to do. And for the first time ever, the guy gets off the couch. Well, I guess the other time that he got off the couch is whenever killer was t- attacking him, but he just pulled off the couch. Scarface is like, you know, I never thought about this, but like, when is the guy like going to move out? Thurgood? And he's like, what? I don't know. I thought he was Brian's guy. And he's like, Brian's like, Oh, and, I think that's what I like about that joke is nobody knows like there's no origin story to him. There's no name to him or anything. He's just a guy that's there. Yeah, I do like like that joke. Like I get that part. I'm cool with It's just (laughs) the rest of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) So the guy gets up and he goes to take a piss because the bathroom is right next to the kitchen. And he's like, you know what? You guys should go in and just rob the place blind. And Thurgood's like, hey, are you all planning on moving out soon? You know what, Thurgood? Focus on you. I'll be fine. The robbery is what's important right now. I mean, what I thought was funnier about that scene beforehand, though, is he's like, hey, is it Monday? No, it's Friday. Is it January? No, it's August. Man. I also, I feel like that joke aged really well after watching the movie because the cliche is that that person typically gives, like, good advice. Like, he's the, is it like... The same. Deus Ex Machina, Deus Ex Machina. Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that's the role he plays, typically. So I, I thought that was, that was even great after watching how that whole thing goes down. Yeah. Well, that he's advice. also a Deus Ex Machina just because, like, nobody knows where he came from either. He's just, the, he's just you know, the guy. <laughs> but uh, it... Then cuts them getting ready to do their robbery and then like kind of like showing up to the building and trying to sneak up. Because another thing that the guy said is that if they do it on a Sunday, then nobody will be there and they can rob the place blind and not have to worry about security or anyone else actually being at the facility. 
they're all they're all going to rob the place and like the only one who's actually dressed up for the robbery is Scarface. Like, you know, he painted his face white and was wearing black clothing. Uh, Thoroughgood is just wearing his normal janitor uniform. And Brian is just wearing Brian clothing. Yeah, just everything he wears every day. And is just like 10 feet behind them and stumbling throughout this, this entire robbery that they're doing. Shows them like, you know, climbing up the ladder and then him like trying to climb up the ladder and he just cannot get up the ladder. And then them running across the rooftop and then him running across the rooftop and like losing his sand or yeah, losing one of his sandals and running back to go grab it and putting it back on and then start uh, running back towards him and try to catch up with them. So he's always at least 10 feet behind them, like just stumbling the entire way. They go through, they start or they go to break in through the roof and then they're going down the stairwell. It shows them getting to the door that they're supposed to get to. They get to the door and like Scarface asks like, hey, is this locked? And he's like, no, 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 no. I smoke weed here all the time. This door is never locked. It's like, OK, cool. Goes open up the door and an alarm goes off. And he tells him, he's like, I said the door. He's like, I said the door was never locked. I never said anything about an alarm. And they all start freaking out and they start running to get to their destination so that way they can steal the weed. And this entire time, the security guards just watching them as they're running along and like, hey, isn't that Thoroughgood the janitor? Yeah, I think that is. Maybe we should call the cops. Nah, this is too much fun. Yeah, let's see where this goes. And it shows him getting to the place wherever, like, they're storing all the weed. And he's like, I hope there's some left. And opens up the door. And it's just a room full of, like, these one-pound bricks of weed. And has another another scene wherever Dave Chappelle jizzes his pants. So, yeah, they're stealing all the weed. Yeah, it shows him stealing all the weed, being all happy about it. Then them trying to escape the facility with their bags of weed. And once they get to the back door and they try running away, there's just... Uh, basically a SWAT team waiting for them and they do like this dumb gag wherever Thoroughgood grabs a mop and he's pretending to mop while <laughs> Scarface uh, drops his weed and tries doing like a mine act because you know he has white face at the moment mm-hmm. and they tell him get down on the ground uh, Scarface is like yo I'm gonna make a run for a B and he's like just get down on the ground yo at least Brian got away right and then shows Brian just out of nowhere just falls off of the roof onto the ground which is pretty good. And the, oh, my nads, man. And get down on the ground. Put your hands behind your head. Shows them at the police station afterwards. And they're just more or less just trying to cut a deal with the cops at this point. Saying like, like, listen, can you tell us anything about this Mr. Nice Guy? He's like, listen, Mr. Nice Guy's unreachable. You're never going to find out who he is. But I can get you Samson. I can, uh, at least. I'll just wear, like, because we've got to meet him in a couple of days. Or we got to meet him tomorrow. And I'll wear a wire. Which apparently this works because they just go with it. Yep. I want to say it's roughly around this scene too, where there's just like a random, another random scene of Kenny being in prison, and he just for some reason has a calendar with Nasty Nate on it, and he's just writing no all over his body and saying standard prison issued calendars. Yeah, apparently <laughs> that's actually really good because Naughty- <laughs> it's like a sexy prisoner's calendar. It's really yeah. <laughs> really stupid. Yeah. And just uh, say, no, 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 devil, man, devil, six, six, uh, six, naughty, naughty, jungle of love. And, well, he's like just crossing out his crotch the entire time. Oh, this is this is another one I think just goes on too long for me. It does, but it's really stupid. Yeah, That's why I like it. As you can tell, I think me and Dry appreciate dumb humor more than you guys do. I don't know. You haven't <laughs> seen some of the stupid stuff I watch. That's fair. <laughs> Chances are I would like that too, though. And then <laughs> yeah. they're in uh, the plumbing van because that's just a consistent thing. 
And yeah, the undercover undercover cop van. Actually, it wasn't even a thing in Up and Smoke. In Up and Smoke, they were in a um, yeah, they were in a lot. No. no, they were both in laundry vans. Now I think about it. Yeah, but in this movie, it was a plumbing van, right? I wasn't even paying attention. I didn't pay attention to the van at all. I thought it was a plumbing van, which you know is kind of the I, haha. It's the irony that the police are also using the plumbing as their code. If that's it, but, that's uh, actually quite funny. Who knows? That might have been correct. a joke that went over our head. Because you guys aren't into sophisticated humor like me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they're in the van, and they're like, like uh, Dave Chappelle, what's it? Thurgood is, uh, he has the wire, and they're about to go in, but they tell the cops, yo, we can't go in sober because they're going to suspect something. And the cops just give them some weed, uh, and they're just smoking in the van and uh brian says something dumb i don't remember what it was but everyone's like shut up brian he starts to like almost try to explain how he got away with getting the cops to get them high he's like hey man how do you come up with that just smoke the weed so they smoked the cops gave him uh thirty thousand dollars twenty thousand to pay off the debt and ten thousand to try to get uh samson to sell them some uh of the illegal drugs but they have to say specifically what drug is being sold, and they have to get Samson to specifically say what drug is being sold. And then they give them the code word for when they need to get out of there, which is abracadabra. And it's dumb, but whatever. So they go into the see Samson, and they give him the money, and, he's, and they're like, Hey, Samson, can you sell us some cocaine? And Samson's like, yeah, I got candy. And they're like, yeah, but do you got cocaine? <laughs> and he's like, are you guys fucking idiots? What? <laughs> so Candy is dandy. Candy is dandy. Like, Samson has but, style. Do you I have... like listening to Samson. Yeah, he's great. So here's a fun fact. The actor who played him was apparently very done with this movie and enough so that he didn't want to be part of it anymore. So all the scenes that they shot with him, like apparently there was originally supposed to be more scenes with him, but he wanted to get all of his scenes shot in one day. And so like they, like everything that is shot with him was shot in just like one continuous scene that he did. Cause they just, that was the only day he was going to work with them. And then he was just done with the project. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's like if E was involved in this movie. I would take my hamburgers that they're paying me with and go home. <laughs> Fun fact about E, he will do a Hollywood movie if you pay him in hamburgers. It'd be a lot of hamburgers, though. Yeah, it has to be the equivalent of how much money he'd actually expect. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to give me, like, 8 million hamburgers, sure. <laughs> Apparently I'm, I'm going for, like, 6 million. You're worth a lot of money. Million. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> You're a very expensive actor, E. You know, you don't get professionalism like me anywhere else. You gotta. <laughs> but he's also an asshole because what he does is they have him. He has them unload all the hamburgers in one spot, and just films it on his phone, being like, "Look at all the waste in Hollywood," and then puts that online. <laughs> I actually just have him dump it into the ocean after. Look what I they're eat, doing like... to the birds. <laughs> <laughs> I eat like three and then the rest goes in the ocean. Why don't we use E for this movie? He's so cheap. 30,000 ham- hamburgers? Yes, but he sets us back 15 years in PR. God damn it. Do not put him on this movie. 
But uh, back to the movie. So they keep it's this back and forth where they keep like being like, "Hey, you got heroin? Yeah, I got the uh, the finest the China. finest China. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like, yo, it looks so like heroin to me. So you know, they they specified they had to have the guy say the drug, but he never actually really does. They just say, yeah, this is cocaine, right? And Samson's like, okay, yes. So and it, apparently like, that's now good enough, but yeah. whatever. It ends up being good enough because he says, like, so this is how much cocaine and heroin we can buy for $10,000. And he says, yes. And apparently that's enough for them to say, like, okay, like, we got him. And then they dump yeah. the money so out in front like, of him. Abracadabra. I actually really like and the then, scene where they're trying to get him to say the drug thing. I think it's really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, even straight up tells him like you guys have to be the dumbest drug dealers I've ever met in my entire life. When they say abracadabra, it cuts to the van. What the cops are high? Oh my gosh, it's crazy. And there are oh yeah, I forgot. So so earlier in the movie, uh, not earlier in the movie, earlier in the scene in the van, uh, Thurgood gives them a letter to give to uh, Mary Jane if he doesn't make it out alive. But and then when it's this scene, like they're all laughing at, about stuff, about dumb stuff, and then they're reading the letter. Then it cuts back to inside, and they just keep saying abracadabra because nothing's happening. Yeah. And the uh, Samson's like, "Why are you guys saying abracadabra?" They're like, "No, it's it's slang, man. Abracadabra." <laughs> man, are you guys cops? Slim, take off your shirt. You're like, man, I hardly even know you. They have Samson's girls take off his shirt, and then. Oh, it's the cops. So they're like, yep, go kill them. And then it plays the Batman theme? Yeah. It sounded like? Yeah. For a corny yeah. action fight scene. I guess. It's just weird. Yeah. Once again, it's, it's a <laughs> pop culture reference to like a Batman fight scene from like the Batman from the 60s. Like, I get it. And it's still just like a weird choice. I think it's I meant know. to be. It's probably also, just Starface is fighting is the best thing. Like, they'll show a flash of him just flailing in the air. <laughs> Yeah. And it's amazing. Yeah. The thing that I really like about this scene is when Thurgood uses a piranha as like a throwing dart. <laughs> that was pretty good. I don't remember? That yeah, part. it starts off with the uh, it starts off with Scarface flailing around uh, while this girl like is spinning a nunchuck all elegantly in front of him, and then she goes to hit him. He just bites her in the leg, and then everyone gets distracted because like they're rolling around on the ground for a little while, and her tit pops out. And everybody has to stop and point out the fact that her tip popped out of her or out of her brassiere or whatever the hell she's wearing. Obviously, Samson's never seen a naked woman. Yeah, because he covers response. his eyes. Yeah, Scarface punches that girl, and then Thorogood punches that are uh, the girl that was fighting with him that got distracted by the boob. And then, yeah, Dry's favorite scene where Thorogood just like grabs a piranha and throws it at one of the girls. It's really stupid. <laughs> it, it, it's super dumb. And that happens, and then being due to distracted by the Batman music, maybe. But yeah, yeah he like just grabs. I missed that too. Yeah, and then Scarface goes to go attack Samson, and then, which one thing we failed to mention is that Samson is in a wheelchair this entire time, but then jumps up, or uh, with holding a gun to Scarface, like, "Oh, look at him! He could walk!" And man, I thought you said you were crippled. It's like, oh, we're all crippled by something, aren't we? He is also a philosopher. Another of the few lines I actually like in this movie, he's like, oh, you better give up now or I'm going to shoot your Mexican friend. And he's like, man, I'm Cuban. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, Cuban. <laughs> 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 
try saying abracadabra a couple times and then another deus ex machina moment is during this entire time like this entire fight brian is like sitting there with the pouch with jerry garcia in it and just come on jerry we need you man and then he like throws the pouch over at samson and jerry garcia just pops out of the bag and then hits samson with the guitar then pops back into the bag well they thank him first and he's like i'm jerry garcia and <laughs> yeah. then he goes away oh, pretty much he's it. like yo jerry thanks man and then peace and then just turns back into sand uh, but, then the um, actual cops show up. Wow. Yeah. When I say the actual cops, then the cops actually show up. <laughs> <laughs> stoned out of their mind. Yeah, those two are stoned. Uh, they got back up. Uh, so they're all thinking everything, and then uh, the cop gives uh, Thurgood his letter back and calls him a queer. It's weird. Yeah. It's a 90s moment. Goes back to that. Whole- it doesn't yeah, it back- well at all. No, it doesn't, but it's like that 90s moment of, like, you know, men who have feelings are apparently a bunch of homos. But, uh, thanks to busting the drug, uh, Kevin, Kevin? Carrie. (laughs) What? Carrie's not a Kenny. (laughs) (laughs) Kenny's just allowed to leave because it was a deal with the cops. Yeah, that was part of their deal. Say it was part of their deal that they got, they're able to get Kenny out of prison. And then the next scene that pops up is Thoroughgood on the bridge with uh, Mary Jane telling yeah. her that he's done smoking it, he's done selling it, and that this is the last of it right here with the joint that he's, that he's holding. And he tells her, like, this is the last one. I just want you to be here to watch me get rid of it. And he's oh, like, he says he needs to say his goodbyes. And she tells him, like, all right, be strong. He has this moment where he's like, we are these past 11 years have been great together, but I got to move on with my life. And she's like, come on, let's do one quick smoke just for old time's sake. And just like some random woman that apparently they just wrapped in a blanket and cut a face hole for her to have her represent the joint. Come on, she, she's watching. I, I can't do it right here. All right, just real quick, real quick. And like puts it in his mouth and just, no, no, it wouldn't be right. Damn you. And then throws it off of the bridge. It's really bad <laughs> like he thought was funny is like he showed, yeah he apparently didn't throw anything but you just like see a, a joint just like flying towards cgi water while yeah, you hear he'll be back yeah and then he gives like a closing line that's something like i traded mary jane for mary jane's pussy yeah. no and then it not quite that says, <laughs> uh, that's so what like he that. says may as well have so he says she's all the Mary Jane that I ever need. And don't get me wrong, I love weed. I love it. But not as much as I love pussy. That's basically the, the same thing. <laughs> moral of the story. Every story has a moral, goddammit. <laughs> and this one is get laid. It's pretty cool. You know what's better than smoking weed? Getting laid. So yeah, that's uh baked that- half baked. I was about to say baked out, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that's gonna be the half sequel. baked. Half baked at 350 degrees. <laughs> yeah, at this point, like E literally just typed in our little chat thing. Finally, as soon as like yeah, the movie ended. God, it's an hour and 12 minutes. It movie. felt yeah. so long. It's so short. Though. It's like the sh- one of the shortest movies you're probably going to be watching. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be I fair, we it... actually Reefer Madness was shorter than this movie. Again, yeah, I still don't know if that can really qualify as a movie. We're going to have to take a whole day to do Robbie's three-hour movie, whatever it is. Does that mean it's time for our final ratings and thoughts? Yeah, and let's 
let's start with sugar in the beginning and sugar at the end. So let's start over with Robbie. What are your final thoughts on the movie? And one out of ten. Or between zero to ten. <laughs> <laughs> one out of ten. That sounds about between right. Between negative ten and ten. I mean, I like this movie, but it's, once again, like me and Dry were saying, it's a dumb movie. But it doesn't try to pretend like it's anything but a dumb movie. And something that I've actually said about movies in the past, I'm pretty sure I've said it on this podcast, is like, this movie's cheese whiz for the brain. You're not going to really take anything off of it afterwards. Like, you're not going to have any profound thoughts. It's just a, a dumb movie to watch. So it's cheese whiz for the brain. Yeah. It has some dumb jokes, some jokes, in my opinion, that especially if you have a bunch of stoner friends, like they're going to last because like this is stuff that they remember. And like it's it's dumb comedy, but it's dumb comedy that you can just like laugh about it with some friends. And like I'm pretty sure some people would tell you that this movie is 10 times funnier if you're watching it stoned. But I would say like this movie, I'd at least give it like a seven out of ten. Like it, it's it's an enjoyable movie to watch, and it pretty much set the standard for a while there on stoner movies, at least for the crowd that I hung out with. All right, let's move on over to Rocky. I knew you'd be back. <laughs> <laughs> I give it a six. I got nothing really special to say about the movie. It was inter- entertaining to watch. I mean, it was you know it was. I kind of just shut my brain off and looked at the screen and nothing really popped. And yeah, it's a solid six for me. Cheese was for the brain. (laughs) Exactly. Cheese. I really like what Robbie said. Cheese was for the brain. It's a very good way to say it. And let's head on over to E. So despite the fact I hate this movie, I think I'm going to go ahead and give it a four. Because from a movie standpoint, it's not really that bad. It, It doesn't really do any like bad stuff with movies it's just not funny in my opinion (laughs) and also i just hate the characters (laughs) so once again just a movie that does not click with you nope does not jive with me maybe if it had character honestly i think the biggest thing for me holding it back is it is a stoner movie and relies so much on that stuff like what are uh what are those two names scarface and uh brian I can't stand them because all they are is the stoner joke. Yeah, that's pretty and much that's all they are. All they do, and they're both the stoner joke, which makes it worse. Yeah, but I think there's but, a lot of non-stoner related comedy that's really good in there. I think there's some, but I just I don't think it really does that much. Like again, like this movie makes uh, Up and Smoke seem subtle with its humor, and it's just. I just don't think it's that fun to watch and I'm like I'm it's just not my kind of humor. I don't even know if I can say it's not my kind of humor. It's just not my kind of comedy movie. And I just don't like it. And that's just kind of how it is. I I think I said this earlier but like this is the exact kind of movie that comes to my mind when I tell people I don't like stoner movies. Just dumb people being like, hey, man, fucking weed. But I guess if we're putting the cherry on top after I put some shit on this movie, uh, how is how did you feel of the movie, Jiraiya? Um, yeah, I think that it is a mostly enjoyable experience. Although, uh, to reiterate, Robbie, cheese was for the brain. You press play, turn your brain off for less than an hour and a half, and then once you're done with it, you can just without consequence, move on with the rest of your life, not even to think about anything. It is a time waste of a movie, 
or just something that's fun to put on in the background and every time you look over something dumb is happening. It's just dumb and it's stupid and silly and I think that there aren't enough movies like that nowadays, honestly. I would put this in the same realm as like Hot Rod. It just has a lot of really dumb, stupid humor. I don't think it's as good as that, but I think the type of humor is exactly the same. I'll be honest. The first time I watched Hot Rod all the way through, I actually laughed until I cried. So you are right. Hot Rod is a better movie than this one is, but I can see that being in the same realm. Yeah, I think that it shares the same style. I've watched that with Dry, and he can attest I liked that movie (laughs) while watching it. It's very good. I think that it just has the same dry humor on really stupid, silly things that this does. And I think that that's what makes this so memorable, and especially memorable for stoners, because it takes all of those things that a bunch of old stoner movies did, which is like, oh, you have the munchies, and you have this, and you have that, and it propels it to an 11. It makes it so ridiculous, like the munchie order from early on in the movie. In Cheech and Chong, it's like, oh, you get the munchies, so you like buy a bunch of hot dogs because you're hungry now. But then in this, it's like, oh, here's this insane order of these are all the exact munchies he needs right now. Like, it just takes that and it puts it up another notch. Fun! That's that's what I think that this movie has more than anything else, is that it has a lot of fun with its subject matter and its characters, and it doesn't take anything seriously. The love interest's name is Mary Jane Potman. It's so stupid! I love it! It's just dumb! Yeah. I can't, in good faith, say that it's an amazing movie, but I can say that it's an enjoyable movie while it's on. I would give it a six. Which puts it in the uh, five-ish realm. Yeah, because it's two uh, two sixes, a seven, and a four. I think that brings E really plummeted the score down. <laughs> Way to go, E. You would think with how much I was sh- shitting about it, I would have gave it a one, but... Man, he really would have fucked this movie if he did that. <laughs> I think we have yet to give a movie a one, like any of I, us. I think Reefer Man has got some low ones. I forget. Did it, did I give End of Days a one? Or did I give it a two? I think I it was a two or a three. I think Reefer Madness, I think, got a one from somebody. I can't sit here and like tell people this is actually like the worst movie I've ever seen. I just This is the least I've enjoyed a movie I've watched, period, I think. Wow, strong words. That is a bit too strong. Ghostbusters and Rampage are definitely below this movie. When you say Ghostbusters, you need to reiterate the remake. Sorry. Ghostbusters 2016. I haven't seen the original Ghostbusters, so... I mean, I've watched some god-awful movies in the past, so I think that's one reason why I give some of the movies we watch as high of a rating as I do. Yeah, it's forgettable. I'm blessed with not having to see the worst movies in existence until this week. Not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to your life now. (laughs) It should tell you something if I tell you that Ghostbusters new version and Rampage are the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah, it's a bit telling. You know what was a brilliantly terrible movie, though? Was Nightmare Man. Yes. That movie is brilliant. On that note. (laughs) A couple little stat things here. The budget for this movie was roughly $8 million. The worldwide gross uh, was just under $18 million. So if you take advertising and everything into it, uh, it was a flop. It was a big old flippity flop. I mean, it sounds like they barely broke even is what it sounds like. 
yeah, not only was it not a financial success, it was also a critical failure. Most critics hated it at the time, like hated it, hated it, so it was one of the stupidest and worst movies I've ever seen, which the only way this movie has been in the zeitgeist is all is because of stoners and people like me that just like stupid comedies. So yeah, um, that is Half-Baked. I think we've come to the conclusion, like, it's a movie that it's it stood the test of time in a weird way, but it it's not exactly the greatest movie ever made, but it's just one that is very deep or deeply embedded into stoner culture, if you will. Yeah. 100%. And for people like me and dry who like dumb humor, but that is going to do it for us this week on our third week of four twenty. Um, if you want to get a hold of us on any social media, you can do that on on Twitter and Facebook. Last ones in. You can find us both of those places pretty easily. Um, if you don't like what you're listening to us on, and you want to listen on something else, we're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher. We're looking to get on a few other places here pretty soon, so keep an eye out for that. If you want to shoot us an email, let us know your opinion on this movie or any other movie that we've talked about before. Or if you just have any questions for us, you can shoot that to us at the last ones in podcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is the last ones in podcast at gmail.com. And um, I guess we're going to say goodbye here. Um, just want to let you guys know that E won't be able to say goodbye. He had something he had to take care of, so he had to dip out for the end of this. But he will be back next week. So yeah, talk to you guys next week where we'll be finishing off our month of 420 with something a little bit more modern. Sounds good to me. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Later. Take it easy. Goes by himself. the podcast. Yeah, this is it. You're done. But we're still going to need you to edit. Um, (laughs) So... (laughs) If that if that joke doesn't fly with dry, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm I mean, if that joke podcast. doesn't fly with dry, he's just gonna cut it out of the podcast. So fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I just thought of a really dark joke. Like if someone made a cake with like a hole in it, and then there's like just red like velvet cake all over. It's like, hey, someone bring out the JF cake. The guy who narrates those kind of like trailers or the type of guys they have narrate those trailers or people. I don't know. I've only ever heard guys narrate it, but they might have some of women. I don't know. But they all sound like they put their dick in glory holes. Like the kind of people you'd hear <laughs> in a truck bathroom. <laughs> Are you ready for me to put my dick in this hole? And no one's in there. <laughs> one man, one hole. Coming this summer. Glory hole. I think that means it's time we get to the description. What? You're not going to ask Rocky what he thinks movies are? What the hell? (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What an asshole. (laughs) 